What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Happy early Thanksgiving to you all. It's the Thanksgiving Eve edition of Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Willie J, and that glorious mullet back in the chair. We are loaded up. Uh, a man at PBA today was Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity. And we'll talk with Jacob here in about 10 minutes. What did he see? Did he like what he saw? Nebraska going to the final four. Listen, <laughs> we'll get into to today and, and how fun, and the mayor said so. Today was fun if you're a Nebraska basketball fan. Man, they put up 102. Surprisingly, Nebraska's 38 and 4 all time when scoring 100 points or more. So the, the four losses, I, I guarantee you, have happened against Oklahoma. One happened against Oklahoma and Billy Tubbs. One happened against Texas and Tom Penders. I know that for sure because I saw both of them. A little disgruntled after that. Mike Babcock's coming up in 25 minutes. Mike Schuhart will lay out Tiger. No, I wish it was Tiger. But we get Chuckster. Charles Barkley. Phil Mickelson. Steph and Tom Brady on Friday. So Shuey will no doubt have some advice for football fans. And it's going to be awesome weather, so go see Shuey out at Wilderness Ridge. Uh, Gary Barnett with us in one hour. Coach at Colorado and Northwestern. Get his take on the Big Red in Iowa. Brad Edwards, his immediate reaction, college football insider, to the college football playoff rankings. Yes, Georgia's a top 10 team, says somebody or many on the committee. We'll get Brad's take on that. Northwestern. So lots good to come. A reminder, uh, we will give you a chance somehow to win that Husker Hawkeye bobblehead Friday. So if you're bumping around, if you're trying to go just force errands on Black Friday or you're in line for a PS5 or whatever you're doing, check out ESPN Lincoln because we are on 9 to noon I'll be here. Willie J's here. Gregeth will be here. We will tell Hooksy to put his captain and diet down long enough to call in. And those two guys have the real red reaction following Nebraska's win over Iowa. There I said it. I don't believe it. So, uh, lots to get to. You can dial us up at 466-3776-800-825-5865. Email Chris at hailvarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Willie J. Willie J, Nebraska 102, McNeese State 55. That three at the buzzer wasn't quite a bad beat because I think the line was like 15 or something like that. Yep, and the over was uh, like 150, uh, 156. 
Okay. So it hit. So so yeah. So Willie J's like <laughs> we are going shopping. So listen, man. Uh, what a difference a, a year makes is my first reaction and takeaway. Okay, because Nebraska basketball lost to two McNeese State type teams last year. Nebraska was a bleep show with Gervais Green and Cam Mack and whoever else didn't like sharing the ball. All right, and would would brag and. Do the old stupid arrow trick once a three was shot and actually was made. What I did see today is an athlete and an elite defender in in Trey McGowan's. That guy is awesome. He's fun to watch. He loves playing defense. I don't know where his efficiency is going to be when it comes to points. Okay, I don't I don't know what he. Listen, ten to twelve points is like what I what I'd kind of expect in Big Ten play. Can he get you eighteen to twenty five on some nights? That's what I don't know. But I know he can he can sure as hell be in somebody's hip pocket yeah. all the time with his length and athleticism. I'm excited about Banton. I'm excited about McGowan's uh, Teddy, and and I I'm like okay. I I hadn't seen Teddy play ball since high school. Okay. I think I got to go back to 2017, and and Teddy's been well traveled, but what what Teddy buckets showed me today, I'm like, how the hell's that guy doing what he's doing? Just because his body type's different, yeah. right? Six four and a half, six five ish, but he just the guy. All he does is hit tough shots. Mm-hmm. He has confidence. He hits tough shots. He has confidence. And and this is not a knock. It's it's a compliment. But he's got like that deceptive James Harden, Manu Ginobili, old man rec ball strength where you are a dead man if you try and, and body him up because of his shoulders and his forearms and, and his basketball strength. Yeah. He's an insane tough shot taker but he's an insane tough shot maker especially it's one game it's one game right but he did it at west virginia mm-hmm. all right i mean he did it at west virginia a team that went to the sweet 16 right. so as long as that dude can stay right you've got your your score lat is money from three at least started that way right uh thor is still finding dudes to at, at the rim and and is and played great defense today on homeboy from from uh, Scott's Bluff, yeah, he did. So I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if Nebraska is going to be any <laughs> any better at finishing in the rim come Big Ten time, but I know Nebraska can get out in transition. I know Nebraska can can uh, play some defense and make you work, and I know Nebraska's got a bunch of guys that can help kick in. I mean, I want to go to Banton for a minute. That guy is is so good at so many different things on the court and yes this is a 102.55 overreaction sure. so let's see let, let's let's see him against nevada tomorrow mm-hmm. right let's see what they do against nevada let's see what they do against north dakota state let's see what they do against creighton all that being said i mean banton is fun where he'll block shots where he'll rebound the basketball well he'll get where he'll get assists and steals and then oh by the way he'll get you 14 or 15 points. He had, a, he had, he had a, a a purposeful balanced score sheet today where guys got 14 to 15 points, four or five dudes did, and they just looked like they, they, they want to win first and foremost, and it ain't about them. Game one, immediate knee-jerk reaction. 
but such a breath of fresh air, different attitude team. And we'll get Jacob Padilla's uh, basketball trained eyes on this. But I thought I was I was thoroughly wowed with just how how well they were put together and the fact they went out and did their thing. Uh, and did their thing at, at a super high level. So I thought that was pretty good. Of course, you had the, the garbage news earlier today uh, with Nebraska basketball. And the NCAA being the NCAA uh, was just absolutely... I mean, it, it's it's totally par for the course, okay, with Nebraska and Derek Walker. Derek Walker, it'd be fun to see him and his physicality in Big Ten play. You're going to need it. You're going to miss it because I I don't think I, I you know that's what I worry about if I'm Nebraska. I worry about am I going to get any better at the rim and I worry about being physical in the paint because they're not very big. They're not very wide. And I know it's one game. I know it's one game. But I am sorry dude. I know Ivan's worked his butt off to to work his butt off, okay? My God, he looked bad down low. He looks so rigid. Doesn't look fluid at all. And I I hope it was just one game, but I mean, the guy was three for 12, and he got like rejected consecutively on like two separate possessions multiple times. I think all of the McNeese State team blocks happened in the two possessions in the final five minutes. So... Credit Ivan for staying with it, but the guy's got to kick it out. I mean, it, it can't be Shaq ball where it's one on five and Shaq's going to win. Now, he can jump and dunk now, which is nice, but he just looks still very, very rough on finishing at the rim. Now, in transition, he got a couple of dunks. One could have been a walk. It wasn't. I just, I hope Ivan, and I know he will. I, he'll keep working down low. We'll get to some Nebraska football. We'll dive into some Black Friday uh, with Nebraska and Iowa. One, a couple of thoughts, though, from a man who was at PBA. Let's go to Jacob Padilla right now on HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Find Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, I just kind of gave my spiel on how nice 102 to 55 feels compared to last year's tire fire from time to time. What'd you think? Yeah, it certainly does feel better than a uh, 66-47 loss to UC Riverside, which is how we started last. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. (laughs) So tell me, tell me immediate kind of knee jerk and let's apply it to some bigger power five teams. What are concerns? What are confidences? On, on a one-game reaction. Yeah, so that's kind of the question that's still to be determined is how well will some of this work against a bigger, more athletic, stronger team. There were a few uh, a, a few points from the game you're like, uh, that, that doesn't look encouraging. But overall, I think just the way they play, kind of my theme uh, of all my previews and a lot of mm-hmm. stuff I was talking about, just looking at the roster is this looks like a Fred Horberg team. And it looks like a roster that is going to be able to play the way that Hoiberg wants to play and hopefully have some success that way. And that's what we saw today. Again, obviously, the, the competition wasn't too strong. They had two guys coming back from last year, but their other three starters were, were new. 
Um, so th- there wasn't a ton there in terms of the level of competition, but just in terms of the way that they executed, the way they shared the ball, the where they spread out, uh, spread the floor, made the right play, 19 assists and 10 turnovers. They hit 10 three-pointers. Um, they were fairly efficient uh, outside of some stretches there where they need to finish better at the rim, and a lot of that was Ivan Udrago. Um, he's, he definitely uh, he had a couple nice dunks, so you can see where uh, some of the, uh, the, the off-season weight loss really helped him, but at the same time, the hands are still an issue. He's, he's just—he's just rough. He's just rough, isn't he? Still, he's just—he's yeah. just, just, just unpolished offensively. Still. Yeah, and that's kind of the biggest question now, uh, especially with uh, the news this morning that Derek Walker has been sus- suspended from the NCAA for 16 games. So the Huskers will be well into Big Ten play by the time they even get Walker in the lineup. And today, Eduardo Andre was not in the building. And after the game, Nebraska sent out a release that uh, a player that didn't play today had tested positive for COVID-19 mm-hmm. and was in isolation. So you can kind of connect the dots there. Do the math so, there, right. Are, yeah. Those are your other two centers. So right now, uh, you don't have a whole lot of depth inside. And we saw today, Hoiberg decided right off the top to go with that small ball lineup and to start flat the end at, at the five and bring Ivan off the bench. And uh, it, it worked pretty well today uh, for the most part. Um, Van finished with 13 points, six rebounds, knocked down his first three triples. And when teams were closing out, he put the, de- uh, the ball on the deck and attacked the closeouts pretty well. So he's a pretty uh, unique, versatile piece out there. But the question is, will he be able to hold up at the five against teams like Iowa and Illinois and others with monsters uh, at center position. He's listed at 205 pounds. So there, he, he, that's going to be a big question once they go up against some other teams. But uh, all in all, I think for the most part, Fred Hoiberg saw everything he wanted to see today from the guys that were out there. Jacob, I got about two minutes, a little less than the triangle of Banton, McGowan's, and Teddy. I mean, that, that, that's a good one, two, three, isn't it? I mean, that can help keep Nebraska, we would think, in, in about most, if not all, games. I mean, they're going to win every game, obviously, clearly. But that's a good one, two, three. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And, uh, Trey McGowan's is pretty darn good today. And yeah. the, the dunks were nice, but uh, two for two from three. I think is noteworthy as well. Again, it's only two attempts, but he's a guy that only shot 31% last year at Pitt, and I believe shot even worse than that his freshman year. Um, so he's not been a super efficient guy offensively, and today he was. And that's what they're going to need. We'll see if he can kind of keep that up as the season goes on, but certainly an encouraging start. And then we saw Teddy um, kind of get off to a slow start a little bit, kind of figuring things out. But in that second half, he had this burst mm-hmm. in the first, uh, in the stretch there when they went on a big run where he scored seven points in what felt like about 60 seconds uh, and did it uh, with three, different, three, four different types of shots and um, kind of just very Teddy Allen-esque. If anybody mm-hmm. saw him play in high school, he's just continuing to, to play his game and get his buckets. And, and then Banton, uh, he, uh, 14 points, six rebounds, six assists. Four blocks, three steals, and Fred Hoiberg said after the game that that's who he is. He's a guy that is going to stuff the, the stat sheet all season long, and he made some really good passes. He had assists on Nebraska's four first buckets. Uh, three of those were threes. The other was an alley-oop, 
um, <laughs> he's your point guard, and he uh, he was the guy in the circle for the jump ball that he wanted for Nebraska. <laughs> um, so, and he was defending the four uh, at six nine and two hundred pounds or whatever he is. So, uh, he he did a lot for them today. Really stuffed stat sheet defensively, offensively, made a big impact, and that's what that they're going to need from him moving forward. Well, it was a good day for Nebraska basketball. They're a fun team to watch. They've got some athletes. They're pretty intriguing and read it. And the response and uh, analysis, Jacob Padilla with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, awesome stuff. Thanks for the quick hit. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, bud. Sounds good. Looking forward to some more basketball tomorrow. That'll be awesome. Can't wait for it. Uh, Jacob will be all over it. Nevada comes in. We'll check in with Mike Babcock. Hit some Iowa, Nebraska, Hale Varsity on a Wednesday. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio. Listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Willie J is in. We are off tomorrow with NFL coverage, a triple header for you. And then the Black Friday extravaganza, special Hale Varsity, 9 to noon, going on with Greg and Hook. So a bit of a little hybrid action. And, uh, yeah, that uh, Herbie Husker and Hawkeye bobblehead. Uh, tune in for ways you can get that thing handled. A reminder about buckling up. And uh, the, the reality is this. Nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Let's talk four decades of excellence covering Nebraska. HaleVarsity.com and Magazine historian, author, and Hall of Famer Mike Babcock with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, you can probably tell me the four times Nebraska lost basketball games when they scored 100 or more, can't you? Oh, no, but I bet... Uh... At least one of them was against Oklahoma. Well, that's, I know one of them was. That's what I said, too. One, 117 <laughs> to 100 in triple overtime at the Lloyd Noble. Jerron Boone got hosed on a three-pointer that didn't count. Yeah, yep. Some of yep. us may have had money on it. Yeah, those uh, those center teams could score. <laughs> There's no question about that. You had the – well, who, who, who was the coach? I remember it. it was af- I think it was after that game. He said that Danny Me better get better players if you think he's going to beat me. So who? So was 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 that? It wasn't. Was it Calvin Sampson? No, 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 no. It wasn't him. Guys. Uh, so it was. So let's let's look at the uh, the Oklahoma coaches post. God, post uh, post Billy Tubbs. I mean, who did, who replaced Billy? Well, Is, it might have been Billy Tubbs. Yeah. Well, it had to be Billy Tubbs, right? Yeah. Pretty that, sure it was Billy Tubbs. Yeah, they didn't he like each other. That. So who did Danny who did Danny Knee get along with in the Big Eight is the better question. Well, uh, you know, I don't. He and Norm didn't get along. No, Norm they hated sure. each other. <laughs> you know, there was some pretty good rivalries there. But the 
It was. Uh, <laughs> well, he and Norm but, didn't like. No, I mean, I, I remember like hearing some of the some of the, the the words, and this was a packed of any days, right? And we're sitting in section B. And, you know, you could hear and kind of see him mouthing what he'd... He said some pretty nasty things to Norm, and he said some pretty nasty things to Billy, but it was it was given as, as good as it got, so to speak. I mean, there was... It was no holds barred. It was an Andrew Dice Clay stand-up hour is what it was with Danny and some of the coaches, their language. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, those were competitive times, that's for sure. I mean, it, Billy Tubbs was a... He was a character anyway, and I... I was trying to think of if it was – Billy Tubbs did this. I don't know if it was a Nebraska game down in Norman. I wasn't there, but uh, Billy Tubbs was the coach that uh, the, the crowd was getting on the officials, and, and finally the officials went over to Billy Tubbs and they said, you know, you're going to have to say something to the crowd, otherwise you're going to get a technical foul. So he took the microphone and he said – no bad. No matter how bad the officiating is, please don't throw things on the floor. <laughs> and he got a technical for that, of course. But uh, that's Thank kind of you. the way he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No that's matter how good. bad the officiating is, uh, don't throw things on the floor. Um, Billy that was Tubbs. Good. Yeah, there were pretty good rivalries there, but uh, yeah, they could score. They could score hundred points. That's for sure. Billy just passed away. If you. A few weeks ago, I think. Um, Babbers, what do you feel about Black Friday? What Nebraska team are you going to see? Boy, I don't know, Smitty. I, I don't think that uh, we've seen the Nebraska team that we thought we were going to see. I'm not sure if we've seen the Nebraska team we thought we were going to see even in the Penn State game, right? Not two quarters. Not not two halves anyway, yeah. right? Yep, yep. It's just a, they just haven't uh, – the Huskers just haven't been able to put things together in the way that we expected. You know, now I'm going to be interested to see who starts at quarterback. My guess is that Adrian will, but, uh, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, You know, I thought he would start the – I thought he'd start the Penn State game and didn't, so I shows you what I know. But um, I just think that uh, you got to – you know, there's got to be a consistency there that uh, – they just haven't had in a lot of different areas. And, uh, boy, Iowa seems to be fundamentally sound. Uh, you know, after losing two games to start the season by a combined five points, I think, or something like that, um, they just have hammered the last three opponents. I think they were outscored them like 135 to 25 or something like that. So they're hot. They're hot. They're feeling all right. And they still don't have a quarterback that they, in my opinion, completely trust. Yeah. Or, or, or they yeah. they put him in some bad spots. I mean, the, the dude had to add, they asked him to throw, what, 47, 50 times against a Northwestern defense. And that's why they lost. I mean, it was it was turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But they still, so, you know, baby Ferentz went baby Ferentz, and it, you know, it, and and it kind of bit him. So, I think I think Iowa's going to try and if if they've got seven sticks of dynamite, they're going to try and blow up eight on Nebraska. They love stepping on Nebraska, Babbers. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no question about that. And the, you know, this was one that it was always under Osborne. There was always resistance to. You know, any rivalries or whatever, mm-hmm. although we know Oklahoma was. And then, 
Bill McCartney came in and said Colorado was going to be that. But, you know, this, this uh, Nebraska has accepted this rivalry with Iowa, even though Nebraska hadn't done too well at the loss of the last five. And, uh, yeah, Iowa will be uh, as nasty as it can be. No question about that. A few minutes, Mike Babcock's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, at MDBabs on Twitter. We're talking Nebraska and Iowa Black Friday, a little bit of Husker hoops, some Billy Tubbs comb over mixed in as well. And, and I'm, you know, I think if, if Diedrich can go and Cam's healthy and confident, I think you can see something that Nebraska's not kept after, and that is the downhill power run game. Uh, and, and I hope you see Luke in the backfield as a athlete slash ball carrier slash receiver threat with maybe some quarterback mixed in. I hope Adrian gets a shot. He's done well against Iowa. Yeah. yeah I, and I think you've kind of laid it out there that, you know, offensively, that's kind of what they need to do. Um, Diedrich is really an important part of that. I think the threat of a running game and, uh, you know that can open up some other some other areas, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think Luke just because he doesn't start doesn't mean he doesn't get in the game. But it, it's how you use him, I think, is the important thing there, um, because I think you need Adrian on the field as well, and uh, uh, that's the way I'd approach it. But you know, maybe that maybe that won't be the way they go about it. Maybe uh, Luke will be still at quarterback. I don't know, but. Babbers, want to want to jump in about three minutes here. Sure. Your reaction to the the venom, the fan base, the frustration this past week with the Illinois loss and the the, the fan base's faith and frustration with with Frost and the direction of the program. You know how Nebraska fans are. I know how Nebraska fans are. You've seen them, uh, and we absolutely appreciate them because. You know they 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 read us they listen to us I mean they're they're important so we're not biting the hand at all. That said, you know how Nebraska's fan base has been waiting for a long time for success, like the success they want to get back to the good old days, and uh, it feels or seems a little further away than it's supposed to be. And I'm just wondering how you think Scott's dealing with that. Well, I you know I think he's dealing with it okay. I. You know, as I say about so many other things in this day and age of, uh, of the Internet and social media, I mean, the passion's always been there. Um, the negative is much more apparent now because of social media and the ability to, to express that opinion in a, in a wide range of way. And so, you know, you get maybe a little bit of a distorted view of how widespread that that is. I. You know, again, I think that the majority of Husker fans, uh, you know, if they if they feel like they the team has given them the best effort that it can give, um, I think they're happy with that or you know satisfied with that. Um, but you know, I don't know if Nebraska has played to the level that it can. You know, that exactly just things that it, that it should do that it, that it doesn't do uh, from a discipline standpoint. And uh, that's what got that's what got people frustrated. Uh, I, I really thought Illinois was a win. I had that one down, and then you know I thought maybe Nebraska could build some momentum off that. Um, now you got to play Iowa, try to get some momentum. You got to go to Purdue, 
and then you finish with Minnesota. And again, I thought with the Illinois win, there was a good chance that Nebraska could win uh, three of its final four games. That's counting Illinois. But, uh, you know, now I don't know. I don't know how they build up that momentum. You, you really have to go one game at a time, obviously. That's cliche, but, but it's true, and it certainly is true in this case. You've got to be focused on Iowa. If you can get the job done there, then you move your focus to Purdue. But, uh, boy, everything has to be focused on Iowa, and I hope that it was this week. I'm sure it probably was. The indications were that they practiced well. Um, and uh, But we'll see. We'll see, and that's the thing. Uh, can you put it together? As the uh, as Nebraska have the players uh, to win at Iowa, um, I think it does. Um, but we'll see. Um, coming off of an eighteen uh, point loss in Illinois doesn't give you a whole lot of uh, optimism, in, in my opinion. Babbers, uh, well said, and and that's just it. You know what what uh, what's the mindset heading in? Yeah, they feel disappointed and frustrated, but you're going into a buzzsaw, even an empty buzzsaw. We'll see where uh, where things take us on Black Friday. Babbers, we'll talk to you Friday morning on KFOR. You and your family, best to you guys, and you have a wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow. Same to you, Smitty, and your listeners, and uh, be safe. You too, Babbers. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks so much. There he is, Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer. And you, you catch him with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at MDBabs on Twitter. That He nailed it. You know, are you playing as, as good as you can? Are you playing to the best of your ability? And you haven't seen four quarters of that. And that's a hard ask to think it'll happen all of a sudden in Iowa City. Some golf thoughts. Shuey's coming up from Wilderness Ridge. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, this is interesting how Australia deals with people who refuse to mask up. We'll get further detail as the show moves forward. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. No show tomorrow, your NFL extravaganza. It is going to be 55 and sunny on Saturday. That means you get your golf clubs dusted off. And you go see Shuey at Wilderness Ridge. We welcome in Mike Shuhart. Shuey, what is up? Happy Thanksgiving. You're going to bring in some amazing weather uh, for uh, Black Friday once things perhaps get out of hand in the second half. And for sure on, on Saturday, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, you love this weather this time of the year. Let's just keep it going, man. Let's just keep it. it going. Love it. Okay, I got to get your thoughts. One Nebraska basketball going one hundred two to fifty five. Talk me uh, out of the Sweet Sixteen bet I'm going to place. Two, <laughs> tell me what happens on Black Friday on the football field in Iowa City before we get to Phil and Chuckster and Peyton and Tom. The basketball was fun to watch. That was good, wasn't ath- it? That was good yeah, times. They, they got some athletes out there. You know, they got some depth. They got some athletes. The thing that I was most impressed of is their defense. They played some really, really tenacious defense. They got two or three guys that just stay on your hip. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I haven't seen defense like that in a long time. And they got some athletes, man. They got some guys that can finish. They can, you know, they got a 
good perimeter game. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll run you. They got their big guys. They'll shoot from the three. Now it might be a little different story when you get into the Big Ten and you got to pound the boards a little bit. But they got some athletes that can that can match up and can play with them. So it's really exciting. It was fun to watch. That is awesome. All right, Black Friday. How you feeling? That's going to be a, another massacre. <laughs> Forty forty three seventeen. You re- really? It's going to be like oh. Riley era bad. You think? Oh yeah. We can't stop the run. That's what they do. We have horrible special teams, so it's like, you know, they talk about it every week. It's like, how do you win a game? You have to be able to win all three phases of it. And it's mm-hmm. like, when's the last time they won all three phases? Never. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, don't, I just don't see how they have two plays. That's no, it. I know. It's like I know. pretty easy to defend two plays. It's either quarterback sneak or it's quarterback's going to run around because everything else broke down. So it's like. Pretty easy to defend that. Shuey, did you uh, did you throw things last Saturday? Uh, no, not really. I just was kind of like, not again. So my expectations have gone way down on what to expect because I haven't seen it forever. So it's like, it's just, so when do you, you keep hoping that it turns around and it looks better, but... The same thing happens every week. It's happened for 10 years. Horrible penalties, misassignments. They look out of sorts. So it's just like every every week is the same. So it gets kind of frustrating. It's like, when the heck is a team going to play like their coach to play, or at least hopefully coach to play? That's, like that's coach- the question, man. You've coached a long time and a lot of years. Mike Schwartz with us. And for them to, like, just not have the energy and then for the coaching to not correct that during the week? Yeah, I don't, that, I that's, don't get that. That's bad. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, it's like, it's one thing to sit there and have a player that you're coaching and you're trying to get to do what it is you know they need to do to compete at the level they are mm-hmm. and, and them not to be able to do it, which I don't believe. I think we have some athletes that are pretty good mm-hmm. at what they do. So... I mean, I think there are some that aren't at the caliber they need to be to play at the level they're at yet, but we have a lot that are. So it's like, it's just like that guy. Look, I I said this all the time. It's like that guy you watch hit balls on the range, and it's like, oh, my, that guy swings at it good, hits it pure 300 right down the middle, you know, puts it in the hole when he's practicing, getting ready to go to play, and then when he's done, it's like, what would you shoot? 85. So it's like, wow, you look good before you go, but you shoot 85. 85 doesn't get you much. I would be tears of joy, Shuey. Uh, <laughs> Mike Schwartz with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Uh, get out. It's going to be nice. Nice fall yeah. slash post-Turkey Day golf. Uh, Iowa Russ emails in that a boy, Shuey, for picking <laughs> Iowa with the, the pile driving. That, that, that may or may not take place Black Friday. We are on 9 to noon, the special Black Friday edition of Hale Varsity and Gregeth and Hooks. Okay, let's get to uh, some alternate viewing options on Friday. That's Phil and Charles Barkley and Steph and Peyton Manning. Are, are, you, pretty, are you pretty excited about this, and what do you think shakes out here? How are you picking it? Oh, yeah, it's going to be 
awesome to watch. It's going to be great entertainment. Charles always great entertainment. You might have to turn away a few times because that swing will drive you crazy. <laughs> but it's like Phil and Steph. So basically, you got Phil playing Steph and you got Charles playing Peyton. So it's like, well, Phil's way better than Steph. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good Steph is, Phil is way better than Steph. And then the other two are probably, Peyton's probably better than Charles at any given time. So it's like, you got to give the nod to Phil. I mean, Phil's... Phil's, Phil, Phil, Phil's your, your, your game changer, and he should be. Yeah, I mean, he's, your, he's, your, he's a PGA Tour player, man. He's a Hall of Famer. He's awesome at what he does. So it's like none of those other three guys can compete with him. So it's like he, he single-handedly should be able to handle that match. But uh, I don't know. He's got to watch Charles, man. That might get into his head. He might start giving his yips. <laughs> Just by being around him. <laughs> That's right. That's so It'll be funny. entertaining, though. <laughs> Shuey, uh, just a quick thought here, about a minute or so. But listen, the weather's been unseasonably warm. Uh, you are there for folks to, to help get right. And you've been incredible you at teaching folks. And how can folks find you or swing by or even just get something locked in for this weekend if, if, if they want to come uh, dust the clubs off here on a 55-degree yeah. Saturday. I know it. David, just call out to Willis Ridge, see if we have a tee time. I know it's going to be hard to get one because, you know, our members are looking at the weather and going, hey, you know what? Our, lay, our days are probably limited, so let's get what we can get while it's good. So, But, yeah, call out, see if we have some available time. Um, Call out to Wilderness Ridge, too, if you're looking at lessons, club fittings, any of that stuff. We're still rocking and rolling. Shuey, that'll be great, man. I can't wait to come see you again. We got to get something on the deck locked in again or for sure, for sure, for sure, on the fireplace. Around no the fireplace. Question, that'd be good. So that'll be good. Shuey, uh, many, many uh, blessings to you and your family with Thanksgiving tomorrow and Thanks so much for jumping on, bud. You bet. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You too, brother. Appreciate you. There he is. Mike Schuart with us, uh, Wilderness Ridge on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, we were going to – we'll take some calls. I know folks have been on hold. I, I really do appreciate you calling. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you. We've just been slammed up with Jacob Badilla, who was at PBA today. Babbers were talking Black Friday, Nebraska, Iowa. Shuey's fantastic. Gary Barnett coming up in about – 10 minutes and what's Barney got for us when it comes to Nebraska, Iowa? You know, what what can can Nebraska's offense do? We'll get to your calls here shortly. Brad Edwards on the college football playoff Hail Varsity continues. And now and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, your loved ones. Enjoy tomorrow. Plenty of NFL. And then, of course, Black Friday, 9 to noon, the special Hale Varsity, Greg and Hooks trifecta. 9 to noon with Willie J. Willie J is going to put a place down for Thanksgiving tomorrow for his mullet. It is glorious. Uh, we welcome in Clyde. Clyde's a faithful listener to the show. Clyde, are you you hunting any birds? There's no damn birds in the sky. 
did you just self-edit or did you cut out? No, are you there? Can you hear me? I got you, Clyde. Welcome in. Good to hear from you. Oh, good to hear from you guys. Man, this is – I'm so tired of the Huskers. I can't, I can't deal with it. it, was the, it, it, it it's, the worst, it's the worst show on turf. It's the worst show on turf. And I don't understand why it's the worst show on turf. It, it, it's, I, can't, I can't figure it out, Schmitty. Clyde, there's there's little or slim and, and and none for you on on Friday, or did Slim leave town here? You don't think that there can be a miraculous bounce back? No, there's no chance. I was going to run the ball for 250, maybe 300 yards, and we're going to throw the ball for another abysmal 80 yards because we don't know who our quarterback is for whatever reason. We don't want to play young receivers for whatever reason. We can't decide to blitz from smaller than 12 yards away. For whatever reason, we like to play seven yards off on third and four. For whatever reason, I can't figure it out, but I'm tired of watching it. Clyde, I'd, I'd give you a big hug, man, but uh, you're, you're distraught. Uh, listen. I just, why? What, what, what is going on? It's year three. Well, I feel like we shouldn't be talking about this. Year three. Year one, you're like, okay, holdouts from Riley, all right. Year two, you're like, okay, still weed them out. But if I have to hear we're going to get this fixed, one more time. I'm gonna just... Clyde, are you there? Or did you throw your phone? Can you guys, my phone's killing me. My phone must be playing defense for the Huskers. You're all right, Clyde. We love you. Um, listen, I, I don't have great feelings for, for Friday. Uh, I think it would be a, a close, hard-fought ball game if you're coming off a win. I just don't get how you can allow a week of practice like that to exist from an energy and a focus standpoint and then let Saturday go happen unless it's a tough love thing and you let them fail so they they get it themselves. I think a lot of it has to do with it's one of two things. One, you have Coach Frost talking after the game saying, I didn't think this was going to happen. And then you've got Luke McCaffrey saying, well, you know, I saw some bad things on Wednesday, so obviously there's a disconnect. And I – I mean, if that's happening, then that's happening on offense, that's happening on defense, that's happening on special teams. And you just look at it going, okay, where does it stop? Or where does it begin? Who do you point the finger at? I guarantee you there's people pointing the fingers on the team. And a lot of it, it's either you look at it and you're like, okay, are they coaching it? Or are the guys going rogue? And if they're going rogue, why aren't they getting pulled? And I just, there's so many more questions than answers. And as a fan, as a guy that really bleeds red for this team, for this state, I can't. I don't know how much longer I can do it. Clyde, grab a cold one, get some birds, and best to you and your family. Thanks for calling and listening, man. Hey, you're the best. Happy Thanksgiving to the Schmitty household over there. Make sure that German Shepherd of yours doesn't eat all that turkey. <laughs> uh, we're going to give the German Shepherd extra turkey and then let it run away. There it is. Take care, there brother. Thanks, Clyde. Hey, go big red. Appreciate you. There he is. Clyde's the, the the biggest duck hunter in the world. He's good at it. I need him to train my German Shepherd. Uh, we're out of time. Gary Barnett's next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Welcome to an hour to a tale varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Willie J is in. Happy Thanksgiving early to you and to yours. Let's talk some college football. We welcome in the Hall of Fame coach with Colorado and Northwestern. We say hi to Gary Barnett. Coach, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. How you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How about you guys? Doing well. Doing uh, doing well. Excited for tomorrow. So before we get into football and, and all things uh, this uh, Black Friday and weekend, I got to ask, what what's the, the Coach Barnett specialty on Thanksgiving? What's the side that you go to, and what are you doing this year for Turkey Day? Well, uh, the side that, that I go to is my uh, mother and grandmother's asparagus casserole. Really? So, yeah, and it's, uh, it's of course, it's a little better made with Velveeta cheese and some sliced eggs on top and some potato chips. They go on top, too. So <laughs> that's, that's the side that... that that I die for. Now, I can't get a lot of other people to go along with me for that one. But I love asparagus. I, oh. I, I grill it, and I it's bacon-wrapped, but I mean, but yeah. asparagus is good. So who is in the background there giving you the, 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 the playbook? <laughs> That's Mary. She's making sure that, <laughs> that I <laughs> get the potato chips on top and mm-hmm. all the bad things that you're not supposed to eat because she gets on me all the time about it. That's so. pretty good. So that's the go-to. Now, what we're doing this year is, um, because it's just Mary and me, mm-hmm. so we're smoking a um, pork shoulder, oh, and wow. we're going to make some pulled pork. So I've had it on about nine hours now, mm-hmm. and I think in about a, it's got to go about 10 more degrees, and it's going to be ready. You are just lethal with that that green egg thing, man. I mean, you. No, it's uh, not a green egg. It's a Traeger. I mean, it's a uh, uh, Green Mountain Grill. It's okay. like Traeger. Sorry, yeah. got you. Got point is. Oh yeah, is, don't don't do the green egg thing. That's you know, <laughs> this is another level of smoking. Well, that's what I'm saying is is it's uh, it's commonplace because you'll do ribs a lot, you'll do wings, and you're doing the pork shoulder pork pork shoulder. So do you do like pork shoulder tacos, or do you just do the the pulled pork? Uh, well, you know, it's probably going to turn into all all of those because we can't eat all this, but uh, <laughs> in one meal. So we're going to start with the pulled pork for the sandwiches, and then it'll probably go to the tacos. That's the way to go. All right, football. Thanks for letting me pick your brain about some food because that's always fun to chat with you about that stuff and the smoking side of things. So Nebraska, we talked about it last week. We kind of hinted at, at the respect side of things with Indiana and Ohio State. But man, man, oh man, Nebraska got drilled, got drilled by Lovey and Illinois, and it wasn't even close, and it was just uh, horrific for Nebraska. And Coach, I wanted to ask you about how you handle when you notice guys aren't as locked in or there's, there's a bad day or, or longer week of practice. How as the coach do you go about flipping that around what are, what are the steps you take with it because the kids got to go play but you got to get the kids ready well the fine line there chris is you you want to always believe that the kids are working and they're as they want to play as bad as you want to play as a coach they want to get better as bad as you want them to get better um so 
that, I mean, that's the way you're constantly thinking. And so when you let yourself say, you know what, these guys are not, I don't think they're ready. I don't think they're thinking the right way. So do you go ahead and let them know that and you sort of violate, not a trust, but this sort of thing you've got going where you're all doing the same sort of thing and you're all working hard and you're trying to get something done and you don't for a minute want them to think you don't believe that they're doing it. But there comes a point where you've got to have a reality check. And it's a hard decision to make, but you've got to do it. You've got to sit down and say just what's on your mind and what you think's going on. You've got to be careful with it, but you've got to do it. And um, it, if, if, if you start out your regime in your relationship with the kids by saying, I will always tell you the truth. I said, sometimes the truth hurts, but I will tell you the truth. And so you battle with it back and forth as to whether you're really going to say this to them, but you got to say it to them because it's the only way you have of jolting them into uh, maybe making a change or seeing who they really are at this point in time. It's a tough decision, uh, but that job is full of tough decisions, and it's one you have to make and one you have to execute, and uh, you, you got to have that meeting with them. Coach, the, the alternative is to, to say nothing and let them go out there and get rocked? Right. That's the alternative. And, and you don't want to have to have a, see, I told you so kind of day. You know, you want to fix it before it happens. And that's always the dilemma because discovery learning is the only real way that you learn. And so you know that if they go out there and they lay an egg and, and uh, they learn from it that this or that, uh, you think that may happen. But you can't guarantee that. You have a responsibility to them to always tell them the truth. And um, you've got to do it. You just have to. Is there an instance in, in your career where either Colorado or Northwestern or even as a, a OC or an assistant where you just had to, to get into them? Well, yeah, I had one as an assistant with Coach McCartney, and, you know, it was the year we won a national championship. And I was the, I was the player, the, the coach that uh, met with, with uh, all the seniors. I was mm-hmm. their representative. And so the year before – we were undefeated, and we had four captains that just said, "You know, we're not going out. We're not doing. We're not doing this stuff. We're not doing this and that." And a couple of kids challenged them, and the captain stood up and said, "No, you're not going to do it." And they said, "Who?" And they said, "Because that's what I said." So we go into the '90 season, and um, I'm meeting with them, and I'm listening to what rules they're going to impose, and. You know what? They, they weren't going to impose the same kind of standards. They were, they let their standards slip. They were going to do this. They were going to allow parties on Thursday night, and they were going to bring a rhythm, an R&B group up, mm-hmm. to, because there weren't a lot of places for the kids to go on Thursday nights. And so I, I just sort of let them go. And um, you know, I came back to the coaches, and they said, "Why couldn't you get that changed?" I said, "Because they have to learn this." So. We end up one, one, and one. We tie Tennessee, we uh, beat Stanford, and we lose to Illinois. And so I, it's, I got to have another meeting with them. 
And so I laid it out to him. I said, here's why you're one, one, and one. And uh, you've done this to yourself. And your focus isn't what it needs to be. Um, and so, you know, we turned it around. I'm not saying that that meeting turned it around, but it did turn around the way that they performed. Uh, at Northwestern, I had one. I mean, we're at halftime of playing Ohio State. And for the first time in, you know, since I'd been at Ohio, been at Northwestern, I had to tell the guys at halftime, I said, you're getting out hit at this point in time. And it shocked a couple of kids, you know. But you know what? We came out, we played much better in the second half, and you just, they have to have a reality check. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, a thought with Northwestern and, and Ohio State. Northwestern's uh, coming in and uh, well-earned respect with uh, what, what Fitz has done there. They, they are undefeated. They whacked Wisconsin, 10-point win. Impressive defensively, as, as we've come to expect. Where, where do you, what do you think of where Northwestern's at in the college football playoff? And also, what do you think of Ohio State-Indiana? Well, first of all, with the playoff, um, you know, I, I'll tell you what, everything's playing into their hands because every article that's written in sports or ESPN <laughs> they always put Northwest, when they talk about the playoff, they mention Northwestern and they put an explanation mark next to it. And I'll guarantee you Fitz is showing those players that. <laughs> and it's like the fighting Reese Davises that Joey Galloway came up with. Uh-huh. So they're, they're, people are putting them there uh, because they have to. It's not because they want to. And so it's just playing right into Fitz's hands, I can tell you that. Um, are they good enough? I don't know. They just want a chance to go play them again. And I think they're a better team this year than they were uh, two years ago when they played them for the Big Ten Championship. So I I do think they're a better team on both sides of the ball, uh, but especially defensively. So it's, they're going to be in a good position. This is going to be a, this is going to be a good match for Northwestern and they're going to have the psychological edge. There's no question about it. What uh, what's your take on on Ohio State Indiana with uh, Yeah, I I thought Indiana played their fannies off yeah. and and I think that's a good football team and yeah. I and I think Ohio State was they were fortunate they held it together. Um but they're not that much better than Indiana. They're better, but they're not that much better. And that Indiana team may be a better overall team as far as um, you know, how hard they play and how much they want it. Uh, and the chemistry of that football team may be a little better. But Ohio State had better players, and, and they won the game. But I thought Indiana just played, played great. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. A couple more minutes talking college football. Coach, what do you see on Black Friday? You know Iowa well. You've seen Nebraska. Lines uh, minus 13 and a half. What do you predict what type of Nebraska team do you see? If that's not even a fair question, I can't tell you what what's going to happen on Friday with just you know Nebraska not being able to put it together, and Iowa's really turning back into Iowa after the fir- their first two games. I mean, they're they're getting better. And how does this thing sh- shake out on Friday? Well, I, you know, I don't I don't think it shakes out in Nebraska's favor. I mean, Iowa's just too good defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're only uh, they're only allowing 16 points a game and 319 yards a game. Um, you know, that's 
that's tough to go against. And this is Iowa's getting better every week. Uh, Nebraska is not getting better every week. I mean, I think it's a tough game for Nebraska. They, this is one of those this weeks where I, I think uh, uh, everybody's got they got to have a big meeting and talk about this. And there's got to be some changes made as far as Nebraska goes. But uh, Iowa's a good football team right now, and and they're showing it. What do you think about quarterback? Do you go back to McCaffrey in the kind of slash mode with with Adrian starting again? Oh boy, you, you know you hate to get into that, but I I think you do. Yeah. You know I'm 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 thinking that you know you play them both at the same time a little bit. I'm not sure sure McCaffrey isn't your best running back, but um, <laughs> no kidding, I mean, man. really, really. I mean he's the most explosive guy. Play them both at the same time, but. You got to do something to win a game. That's for sure, and uh, you you got to shake something up. But they just they just got to be better than they have been. Rapid fire with you, coach. Uh, we have Iowa State at Texas minus one Longhorns. Campbell's done a great job in Ames. I like that Iowa State team, and I think they win this game. Tight or comfortable? No, it'll be tight. Okay. It'll be tight, but they they got it going. They've they they've got it. When you watch them, they they have great chemistry. Okay, uh, Saban's out with COVID. <laughs> I saw that. So the Iron Bowl is. I think uh, Sark is going to probably be the guy, and uh, Auburn's uh, ranked twenty second. I've never been to an Iron Bowl. Always kind of want to, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. But what do you think? Does it matter with Saban out? Chris, you got to do that. You got to go to one of those. I I did the game when the, the they tried to kick the long field goal. Oh, you did the kick six game. I did that. I was there. I was right below the Auburn guy that called it. That ended up being killed in a car wreck this yeah, year. Yeah, that's too bad. It, but it was at the, it was, a, was maybe the most exciting game I've ever done. But yeah, you got to do one of those. I I think Alabama's just a better football team overall than Auburn right now. Notre Dame at North Carolina. This one's awesome. I can't wait for this one. I like this one, too. I can't imagine Notre Dame, uh, you know, great players get up for big games. And I think this, you know, Clemson game was a big game. They got up for it. They played their very best. I think they have to look, uh, you know, they need to look at this game as the same kind of game. And if they do and play at that level, you know, I think they win this game. I think they're a better football team than North Carolina, but North Carolina's got a good quarterback, move the ball. They're 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 fun to watch. Uh, this should be a fun game, I think, for everybody. Are you guys still on? Any? I mean, things still look good for Saturday. You're, you're well, at SC. You know, they had, the SC canceled practice yesterday. The word I got is, if we don't play SC, we're going to play San Diego State on Sunday. Okay. So we're going to LA either way. So um, it looks. So, uh, you know, I, I have not gotten word that, that the SC game's canceled. I did see what you saw, and mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to hear. Gary Barnett. Coach, uh, best to, to you and the fam for Thanksgiving. Thanks for the time today. All right, Chris. Thanks. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Take care. Gary Barnett with us. Good stuff. The asparagus casserole. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Huh? You an asparagus, asparagus guy? No, I'm not. At all? No. You ever had it grilled? No. Or are you just a little ticked off and makes your pee smell funny? Well, it it just smells funny to begin with. Yeah. I like asparagus, but I season the hell out of it and grill it, and it's got bacon on it. I'll order it.
Good for Coach Barnett, man. All right, Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider, coming up at Tale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're running down Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider. College game day, good stuff from Gary Barnett. Some thoughts from Scott Frost and, of course, Fred Hoiberg. Huskers getting things rolling on the hardwood. Big-time win for Nebraska basketball. I know it was McNeese State, but it wasn't a loss to Riverside like it was last year, 102-55. And uh, the Big Red got the cover. And then some on college basketballs tipped off. Let's stick with college football. Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider College Game Day with us at J. Brad Edwards. Brad, happy Thanksgiving, man. Thanks for the time. How are you? Doing great. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Um, Just continues to be another crazy week in college football. It is. But, you know, get through it and there'll be some more games and and we'll enjoy them. So tell me about the Iron Bowl. You're well-versed in it. You uh, have seen them. You've covered them. You've called them. And uh, what now for Bama with Saban out positive with COVID? Yeah, I think that's the big question. Of course, we were asking it uh, before the Georgia game. You know, at, at this time of the week, we thought that Saban was going to be, you know, out for that one, and he ended up coming back. It appears that, that that's not an option this time. So, Steve Sarkeesian will lead the charge, and uh, he, you know, he has been through this before in his career, being a head coach while calling the plays at the same time. So, um, the expectation is that it's not going to change anything. Uh, I don't, you know, I'd say this. Saban, as much as you got to credit him uh, for adapting over the years as he's seen the game change and, and adapting before the bottom fell out on his team, you know, just kind of staying ahead of things, you also have to recognize that he's still pretty conservative with his in-game decisions. Um, he is, despite having a high-powered offense, um, against inferior opposition, is almost always going to punt the ball on fourth and one. <laughs> and they're just there are a lot of things that uh, Alabama might actually benefit from having a more aggressive coach in game, assuming that uh, assuming that Sark's not worried that Saban's going to chew him out <laughs> the way he used to get Lane Kiffin if he does something <laughs> that he knows Saban wouldn't have done. But um, you know, you better believe Saban's going to he's going to be watching and he's going to be taking notes even if he can't get in his ear right away. So. Uh, that's part of it. I think the other thing I would add about the Iron Bowl uh, is, is that uh, it's one of the rare rivalries where major upsets just don't happen. Um, and, and it's something I've observed for many years, but I was just looking at it yesterday trying to, to quantify it. And we have point spreads going back to 1978. There has never been a favorite of 11 points or more that's lost an Iron Bowl. And Alabama is more than a three-touchdown favorite right now. Um, in the history of the Iron Bowl, you know, looking at the AP poll, which goes all the way back to 1936, there's only been one time that a top five team lost to a team that was ranked outside of the top 15, and that was last year. Auburn was number 16 when they beat Alabama last year, and of course Alabama was playing with its backup quarterback and was only a three-and-a-half point favorite, so that wasn't a major upset. So it's just one of those where, you know, you've seen it in other rivalries where just you know, something that you never could have imagined takes place. 
you know, the, the tr- what we always say about the rivalries, you know, throw out the records. They don't matter. Uh, in the Iron Bowl, they usually do. Mm. Brad Edwards with us. Brad, uh, we're not sure if Nebraska-Iowa's a, a rivalry because Nebraska's lost five straight. Uh, Got to go back to the overtime uh, game in 14, Bo's last game, Kenny Bell in, Kenny, Kenny Bell in overtime. But uh, Nebraska did not make ESPN's bottom 10 somehow. But getting getting whacked like they did by the I, Illini. I know Ryan McGee pretty well, so if you if you want to lobby for it, I can I, put a I, good word. I do not. Nebraska may okay. lobby. <laughs> Nebraska may lobby for it themselves with uh, these type of performances. They're not quite the state of Franklin, where Vandy and Penn State are a combined zero for ten. But your thoughts on just what you you witnessed with Nebraska? I know Nebraska is not super high on the radar, but. Uh, I mean, Feinbaum lined up and kind of smacked the the Blue Bloods in the Big Ten this week, and then Keyshawn went off the top rope with a steel chair on Scott Frost yesterday morning. And uh, just where Nebraska's at, I'm interested in your assessment right now, just the uh, the level of surprise, I guess, not that Nebraska lost to Illinois but got destroyed. Yeah, that was the surprise. Um you know, I was listening to a podcast. I like to listen to a lot of podcasts during the week, and there's one the Athletic does yeah. um, on the Big Ten on a daily basis. And I was listening to I want to say it was Wednesday, it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The guys who who cover the Big Ten West were talking about this game. Now, neither one of them covers you know Nebraska or Illinois specifically, but both of them made it very clear that they thought Illinois had a really good chance to win the game. In fact, it sounded like they were both picking Illinois to win the game. Mm. And that was kind of an eyebrow raiser for me in the middle of the week. I'm like, they, they obviously see something out of Illinois that they think is going to present a lot of trouble for Nebraska. And it was essentially that they didn't think Nebraska was going to stop Illinois' offense, and they were both right. Um, and, then, and then to see you know, how little Nebraska was able to punch back when that happened, that was what was surprising. Yeah, it wasn't just that they lost the game, but it was it was how, you know, I guess the the, the lack of competitiveness of the game. And uh, I had someone ask me on um, on a show earlier this week, like, what what's the deal with Nebraska and Scott Frost? And I'm I'm sure you have better answers than I do, uh, being much closer to it. But you know, I, I said it starts with quarterback, and and when Frost came in, everyone was expecting him to just you know, do the magic that he did with Mackenzie Milton. And, uh, I mean, as it turned out, he had a, he just a really talented quarterback who'd been completely overlooked in the recruiting process who he inherited there and, uh, you know, just worked wonders with him. And, um, you know, every team doesn't have a guy like that, but Adrian Martinez was a, you know, was a big time recruit. And, um, I, I think everybody thought that he had gotten his guy right when he got there. And, and like I said, I'm sure there are a lot of other problems and things that you can point to. But I, I think that's the biggest one is that he just has not been able to get the production out of that quarterback position that, um, that he got at UCF and hasn't gotten anything close to it, really. And it's like until you get that, the offense just isn't going to work the way that it, you know, that it does when, when you look at what happened in Orlando. I just don't know. It, I mean, this offense, if you get the right dudes, you're going to be fine. And I think you'll see more of Adrian. And so maybe you get a uh, kind of a, a, a resurrection type deal from Adrian. Maybe this is the, sa- the the Friday. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a lot to ask. But I think it comes down to confidence. I think it comes down to 
uh, what you are trying to, trying to build. And Nebraska is not getting pushed around anymore. Okay, they used to be just a joke on the lines of scrimmage. Now Illinois crushed them. Don't get me wrong, but Nebraska's had no help, Brad, from their offense. So I think the defense, even in COVID twenty twenty, with fewer games. I mean, they put a lot of energy and effort into Penn State. They did so with Northwestern. They did so with Ohio State. They've kept Nebraska in games longer than they should have been, and the offensive output's been just horrific. And Nebraska's strength is supposed to have been this year's quarterback and offensive line, and neither are living up to it. They're scoring about 20 points a game. So, uh, with this defense, it's supposed to go get the football and be aggressive because you're up, you know, ten to seventeen points, and that yeah. is now the formula yeah, right. is going. It, it works. When, it works when you have a lead, not so much when <laughs> no you're trying kidding. to come from behind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's part of it, and I just think there's, I think just, I think there's some real doubt uh, in the program, and you've got youth a part of that, and and I don't think there's doubt from Scott's bosses. I mean, he's got seven years at $5 million a year, so that's not where I'm going with doubt. But the fan base is really taken aback that all right, this is when you're supposed to go win in year three, and, and you haven't. So I just wonder from a managerial standpoint and also a, a connected standpoint, you got to know that your guys aren't getting it done during the week and they think that they're something special because they beat Penn State. You've got to correct that during the week. That didn't happen. And uh, and that 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 may be a bigger problem uh, because you yeah, got you got to know I, what your program's doing. Yeah, and and I, I think also what what's discouraging is when you're looking at the conference from a recruiting standpoint, and you know that Nebraska is doing better in that area. Yeah, and you look around the division, and a lot of these schools are not doing as well as Nebraska, and yet they're playing better on the field. I mean, Wisconsin has always done that. Development, right? I mean, right. So, right. So, so there is a, another part of it, but I, but I think you look at a program like Northwestern, which you know pure talent um, is is on the lower rung of the Big Ten. But not only have they developed guys, but they're just so well coached, and they know exactly what they're supposed to do. They're where they're supposed to be. You know, they don't beat themselves with dumb mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I think what it just, what it really shows you is as much as as much as there can be a difference between, um, you know, four stars and three stars, for example. It, it, it only takes you so far if, if you're not well coached, you know. And, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not pointing specifically at, at Scott Frost, but I'm just saying when you, when you have guys that are, are missing assignments, um, you know, or, or, or aren't executing, you know, when, when you have guys who just are not, um, are not making blocks or not catching passes, um, there's always so much that the coach can control. Now, there's a lot that the coach can control, and that's why he gets paid as much as he does, and that's why everyone points the finger at him when he's losing. Um, but, but some of it comes down to the players being able to do what they're physically capable of doing. And, uh, and all of it has to come together. And, and, and when it doesn't, you know, you can lose games to teams that, that on paper aren't as good as you because the, the collective sum of who they are is greater as a team than you are. And I think that's what, that's what you see with Northwestern, and that's what you see in most seasons to a greater, on a greater scale with Wisconsin. Brad, real quick, and I've got about 30 seconds Surprise! What's your what's one surprise from the playoff, the initial playoff ranking? 
Uh, I, w- I would say my, my biggest surprise is that BYU is as far back as they are. I thought they'd be a little bit closer to 10. I don't think in any way I expected them to be close enough to have a shot at the playoff. Okay. But I'm a little surprised that they're somewhat of a long shot to even get to a New Year's Six game. Maybe they can get some schedule of Cincinnati in December and either one of the, the, the winner could could maybe get some momentum. I, if I were Cincinnati, I wouldn't play them. I, okay. I think Cincinnati has more to lose than they have to gain, given where they are right now. Okay. Brad Edwards with us. Brad, will touch base next week. Great to have you on again. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all the listeners. Take care. Thanks, Thanks so much. Brad Edwards with us. Good stuff from, from uh, Brad. College football insider. College game day ESPN. And just good frank talk about Nebraska. And Brad's big on recruiting. And you got to have that development phase with the, the talent you bring in. A jock doc's on the way. We'll get the latest on Joe Burrow with Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a jock doc Wednesday. Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Ben Woodhead with us. Dr. Ben, happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Hey, you as well, Chris. I'm doing good. Doing good. Trying to survive this cold rain. Yeah. Weather were upon us. It's been no good, but let's dive in. And one of my favorite people to watch has been Joe Burrow, be it at LSU or his time with Cincinnati was just a lot of fun. And he has taken his his fair share of shots, leads the league and just getting smacked and uh, came to a, a horrific end for him with uh, the dreaded knee injury around the same spot. RG3 got smoked a few years back, but it was Washington and Cincinnati on Sunday and Burroughs left knee took the force of a hit Got hit on the side, got hit low below that left knee. And right now, the top draft pick, who was having a really good rookie year, uh, a, ter- a torn ACL, an MCL, and other structural issues to his knee. Let's start with the structural issues associated with a tear with both your ACL and MCL. Yeah, so I'm sure they're alluding to uh, probably some meniscal damage, which is a shock absorber inside Mm -hmm. the knee. That's a very common uh, injury that goes along with an ACL tear. Uh, You can get an other variety of injuries as well. You can actually get some bony contusions or bruises that can actually linger um, or cause some symptoms for quite some time as that heals. Uh, you know, there's four major ligaments in the, in the knee, and it sounds like he tore two of them. If, uh, if he would have torn others, they would have likely mentioned those. So either he has some cartilage damage um, within the knee joint itself, or uh, it's probably that meniscal, the shock absorber within the knee where he has the other, other structural injuries. Let's talk a little bit about how Joe got hit and Montez Sweat. Uh, is the the defensive player who got him as Joe was unable to put any pressure on that knee and he was carted off. Now he was quick to get to Twitter and say, you're not going to get rid of me that easy. I'll see you next year. But just what's what's ahead of Burrow uh, from a repair standpoint on your end, Dr. Ben? And uh, what's ahead uh, from the Joe Burrow at quarterback that was so good about staying alive because he had to in that pocket and and staying mobile? I mean, is that mobility now out the window? 
No, you know, depending on how extensive his injuries are, which, you know, we can't tell without taking a look at him ourselves. But, you know, he should be able to come back from an ACL. And once he has that ACL reconstructed, you know, the stability in his knee will, you know, it should be back to normal. Um, the other thing that you can't account for, though, is how much um, of the structural damage that he did have within the knee. You know, there's a spectrum of severity of these injuries, and that's one thing that we can't can't completely assess without taking a look at Joe. Um, but he will rehab through this. He will get back. Uh, you know, he's not going to be back until next season. This is a full 9- to 12-month um, recovery process. You know, in terms of scrambling around in the pocket and being the old Joey Burrows, you know, the hardest part sometimes is just getting back mentally. Um, you know, especially for a quarterback, you're getting hit from all sides, and a lot of the time they're in your blind spot. You know, I think there's I think there's a huge mental component that um, takes a toll on these athletes once they come back. Let's get into just the effect the the ACL and and MCL could have, and I know the repairs will be done for Joe Burrow, but just from a not what you once were, or maybe you're better than you used to be. I mean, there's both sides to that coin when we talk about having to repair both of them. Is it pretty difficult from a medical standpoint to to go in and do both of these? Are they done at the same time? Do you have to do one, then the other? Kind of take me through your process. Yeah, good question. So the MCL is oftentimes not repaired, and so depending on the severity of his MCL injury, you can actually let that scar in and heal. Um, there's a couple different grades regarding that. And so once you get in the more severe type of MCL tears, yes, then oftentimes you'll have to repair those. And if, and if those are repaired, they'll likely do those at the same time. Um, you know, best case scenario for him, though, you know, that MCL will scar down. They don't have to repair that. And then once that's kind of healed down after he's done rehab, they'll go in and do the ACL reconstruction. And you'll often see that times with athletes, although where they will wait um, you know, three, four, six weeks, that kind of prehab that you talk about mm-hmm. or that you hear about where athletes get their motion back after an acute ACL injury. They get their motion back, their quad strength back, in hopes that after surgery, you know, he's going to recover faster or maybe not lose as much. Dr. Ben Woodhead is with us. Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a jock doc Wednesday. We're talking Joe Burrow and his unfortunate uh, knee injury, uh, MCL, ACL, and some other structural damage. Just from a quarterback standpoint, uh, when you have an injury like this, let's talk mechanics, Dr. Ben, with, with, with Joe. It's not his plant leg. But you know how how important mechanics are from the from the base up to throwing the ball, and it looked like Joe had done a great job of coming in and, and being really pretty polished, not only mentally but but physically with his mechanics. Uh, what what does this do for him um, when it comes to to being able to to be the same uh, thrower he has been? He's always been able to get juice on the football. Yeah, I don't know if it'll actually affect his mechanics. Um, you know, as much as a shoulder injury or um, maybe a different type of injury. I think, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, you have that going for you in the sense that, you know, it's not an Adrian Peterson or, you know, Mm. one of these high-profile running backs who are really relying on speed and cutting. Not that Joey Burrows isn't, but, um, you know, his arm and a lot of his, his skill is mental aspect of the game as well. So I think he'll be able to rehab hopefully from a knee standpoint where he can be functional, where he can use his planning and uh, opposite foot to where he can throw um, normally how he has throughout his career. 
Dr. Ben Woodhead's with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Ben, last thought, as you've worked with athletes in your career, just uh, what's, what's the, uh, the, the, the mental side? How, how, to, how can you guys help athletes get through? You're going to help them physically, absolutely, but from a mental standpoint, getting back on the horse, so to speak, that's really tough, and you mentioned it a little earlier. Yeah, I think it certainly is, especially in a sport like football where you're getting repeatedly hit over and over, and especially as a quarterback. Um, but I think the important thing for for Burroughs and all these other athletes is this is not a this is not a sprint. His recovery and his rehab, you know, the reason you do the nine to twelve month process is so you get adequate healing. So once you do get to the point where you get back in, you're a hundred percent. So I think sometimes just reassuring that with a lot of the athletes that, you know, this isn't this is not a race. This is it's a slow, sustained rehab recovery period where you continually improve mentally, physically, um, you know, and hopefully the culmination when he's ready to go back on the field next year, he's ready to go. Is that tough for athletes to be patient with this? Yeah, absolutely. These guys are these guys are like thoroughbred horses. You know, they just want to go constantly, and so I think shutting down and actually taking the time to rehab, I do think it's tough for these guys. They're not used to it, man. They're used to going and going and going and competing. And best to Joe Burrow. Had a chance to talk with his dad right before the draft last year, and uh, pretty pretty just incredible family, uh, of course, with Nebraska ties. Uh, Dr. Ben Woodhead with us, uh, Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Ben, have a great Thanksgiving to you and your family, and thanks for the time today. Thanks a lot, Chris. You too. Good stuff on uh, Burrow. Not good at all, but just great explanation from Dr. Ben Woodhead. We will wind down a pre-Thanksgiving Day edition. Do not forget the uh, Mother of All Black Friday preview shows. Hail Varsity, 9 to noon with Gregeth and Hooks. We'll say goodbye next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, a Wednesday edition, Hail Varsity Radio. Going to be on the podcast. If you missed any part of the show, good stuff today. Mike Babcock, Jacob Padilla, plenty of Husker Hoops thoughts, and uh, Nebraska-Iowa. Shuey was brutally honest on Friday, what he thinks is going to happen, and uh, should be pretty good stuff when it comes to golf with Shuey out at Wilderness this weekend. Gary Barnett, fantastic. His perspective on tough love and you know, kind of calling your team out. Got to be careful with it, but got to do it if they're not doing their work during the week. Brad Edwards, good stuff from him as well. And a jock doc from Dr. Ben Woodhead on Joe Burrow. iTunes, Spotify, Google Plays, where you can get Hale Varsity Radio every day. And uh, check out the podcast. Go to the ESPN Lincoln dot com on demand section for the interviews and the content. Real quick about 2020. Well, we know what 2020 can do. That said, if you're moving or you're thinking about a new place in 2021, how about West Blue Realty? 
uh, westbluerealty.com uh, is where you look. And when it comes to residential home sales around Lincoln and the surrounding communities, West Blue Realty is where you go. Tom Luby at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider. Happy, happy Thanksgiving to Tom Luby and Kelly Hofschneider. Give Kelly a shout at 402-202-2312, westbluerealty.com. Get an appointment today with Tom or Kelly, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. This is a Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it. It is tradition. It's not quite Jim Nance saying friends or wearing green or watching Elvis Peacock. <laughs> Love to or eat. Switzer put out a cigarette. I love you. The Black Friday football is back with a familiar opponent. We'll see if it shakes out in a good way for Nebraska. Favorite side, Willie J. Where are you going tomorrow? So good. I gotta go with the uh, stuffing, man. Okay, you're a stuffing guy. Yeah. That clapping's messing. What about my you? I am just going to eat short ribs and prime rib. Meat, meat, meat. It'll work. It's so good. Um, Junior loves, he he made himself green bean casserole two days ago. He makes my wife buy green beans and cream and mushroom soup and then the fried onions on top. And he killed a whole bowl of it. Oh, that stuff's good. He's a dirty little monkey. I mean, he, he, he just housed... Two days ahead of Thanksgiving, green bean casserole. He loves it. Kind of proud of him. I would be. So we're going to go do turkey breast tonight at the in-laws. Incredible turkey breast. Smoke injected. Phenomenal people. The Stoysage folks just do that incredible. And then our, our homeboys from Piedmontese. Get that smoker dusted off. Dad's smoker. Uncle Mark and the kids have been rocking video games, so he is... Uh, He's in town with Ann Mel, so we'll go check out Joe Mama tomorrow and get locked in. So, uh, blessings to you and your families. Happy Thanksgiving to all. We'll be back Friday, 9 to noon. The Black Friday extravaganza, the Husker Hawkeye bobblehead could be yours. And plenty of folks to chime in. Greg Ethan Hooks, Hale Varsity, meet at the football. Talk to you on Friday at 9. Have a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate you.